the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Taking a look at the market numbers today. We set record highs yesterday in the SP 500 and the Dow. We continue to eke out at these record highs. The sell in May go away trade seems to be the wrong one this year. The SP 500 is down two today. The Dow's up 21. The Nasdaq down 13. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hi, Rob. I'm doing fine, thanks. So, what do you make of that sell in May and go away? Didn't work this year. <laughs> well, I think um, what a, you know what you can take from it is that you can't uh, count on those historical idioms. You know, it's uh, every year is different. Uh, every market environment is different, and um, you know you're going to win in that sometimes, you're going to lose in that sometimes. And I think we talked about that a little bit, I believe, back uh, into uh, late April about that uh, sell in May and go away. And and it just so happens, I think over the last 60 years or so, the market's actually gone up more during that uh, May to October period than it's gone down. But the 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 nuance is that when it's gone down, it's gone down considerably, and that's why you know you've got that scary sounding idiom. But this year, uh, you're certainly not seeing that uh, come to fruition yet. What do you make of earnings season so far? Well, I you know I said this morning on my page one column that it's really you know nothing new, right? We're seeing a lot of companies come in and beat uh, on the bottom line um, estimates that had been taken down by analysts going into the reporting period uh, on some pretty lousy top line you know results. Um, you know, you look across. Well, not quite across the board, but you look at some of the major companies out there today, Texas Instruments, Freeport-McMoran, DuPont, um, you know, they they came in and they beat on the bottom line, and they all reported a decline in revenue. Um, the, the curious thing, I guess you could say, is the one exception or notable exception is Netflix. You know, they had a nice uh, double-digit gain on the top line, 20%. Beat by ten cents on the bottom line, and they're the stock that's trading down. So, um, but they, of course, were priced for uh, for perfection. But nonetheless, not overly impressed with what we're seeing in the earnings season uh, because simply you're not seeing the the demand side of things uh, in those weak top line results. The Federal Reserve has been very um, transparent in talking about what they expect to happen in the economy, with what how they're going to react to it. There's this tapering concept that might happen in September. The markets, when it first got whiff of it, sold off a little bit. But the Fed came out again and said, you know, not until jobs. They seem to be creating a problem um, or delaying a problem. 
Well, I, I think you're I think you're right there. Um, you know, they're doing all they can to suppress uh, volatility, um, and in doing so, they're essentially encouraging participants to take on leverage. You know, keep pushing these positions, uh, and you know, it's, it may not end so great. Uh, the question is, you know, when does that you know end come? And and as we saw, you know, if we go back to say the you know even the the internet go go years, I mean, you had a nice extended period there where you know things went up for a long time, you know, three, four years before they, they really fell apart. Um, you know, you had a nice bull market on the other side, of, you know, 2003 to 2007 after rates, you know, were kept low for an extraordinarily low period of time. And obviously, you know, uh, things got carried away, overheated there, and we, we didn't have a very good ending to that either. So, um, you know, you can't call a market top. I mean, clearly, you know, we can see the way that the market's trending. We know kind of the, the, what the impetus is really for that uh, for that trend, and you still have that that main impetus very much intact because the Fed keeps telling you that we're going to keep things low for the you know rates very low for the foreseeable future. But what we keep you know reminding our readers anyway is that you know if you're going to be playing that trend, you, you absolutely need to be you know. Um, conscientious about the the risk uh, you're taking on and you need to be you know um, hedging or having strategies in place that are going to help you mitigate some downside risk that might you know come in pretty sharply if the market either loses faith in the fed or or just some external event occurs that's outside the fed's control and you get a whole lot of upset i dig our careers patrick because we get to study the markets and stay smart and you know we don't we aren't exactly digging ditches. Um, I read a great article this weekend that I was like, this is refreshing. It was about Brazil and talked about how the, the demonstrations basically are like the United States 250 years ago. We had a tea tax. They want better education. And said that you know there's a lot of poor people there who are starting to come into incomes. Back when the United States was founded, we had a lot of poor people start coming into incomes. So the argument was made that Brazil's the new America and that America is basically Rome because we're living on credit. I don't like to go fear-mongering because I'm not, but what do you think about an article like that and investing in like countries like Brazil because of it? Sure. Well, you know, I think there, there's certainly some credibility in the idea that you have this emerging consumer class in, you know, Latin America as well as in, you know, East Asia, which is uh, <clears throat> going to be certainly a, a secular investment trend that one can, you know, can potentially take advantage of. And so... Um, so there's some merit there, you know, when you have um, uh, the governments, of course, uh, basically um, advancing policies that are going to help the advancement of their people where you're going to see lower income consumers move up in social class uh, and be stronger consumers. And that will ultimately, you know, work well for companies that sell into into that area. And it's going to be, you know, it, it doesn't come easily. You know, um, there are going to be periods like we've seen in Brazil where um, where there's challenges to the structure and where, you know, investing there doesn't look all that appealing. But uh, but it's a long-term process, and so it, it is one of those areas I think we've talked about in the past where, you know, in these emerging markets where you've seen the, the big sell-off of late, uh, it probably pays to start, you know, building a small position on that sell-off and, and, you know, letting things sort of evolve there from a political and social standpoint. Uh, and when you get more confident in that stability, um, you know, then ultimately picking up those positions and, and taking advantage of that uh, secular investment trend. I'm speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. The other side of that argument that 
you know, Americans are using leases to buy cars. The car numbers look great, but we're using a lot of credit, and we're not owning the cars. I saw a study out today from Sally May about, you know, more and more Americans are taking on college debt. Parents aren't affording it with their income or their savings. Are you worried that we're too credit-heavy in the United States? Well, you know, certainly. I mean, now, you know, having said that, we've, we've seen some deleveraging off of, you know, the 2007 highs. I mean, consumers have certainly worked to pay down some of that debt. Now, some of that pay down has been on account of basically just, you know, mortgage foreclosures, you know, where uh, people are just simply not paying their debt and so it gets written off. But but you're seeing a better, uh, you know, household debt ratio, if you will, than you did several years ago. But nonetheless, uh, you know, our economy is is not divorced itself from a from being a credit economy. Um, when we talk about, you know, the market and the economy today, we keep coming back to the idea: well, banks aren't lending. You know, banks aren't lending, and supposedly, you know, there's a lot of pent up demand there within the small business community. You know individual um, uh, borrowers who, you know, who want that credit, uh, they're not getting it, but um, but there's still, I mean, that's the lifeblood of an expanding economy is you're going to need that credit, uh, and we're not going to divorce ourselves from that. It's just a matter of taking it on in a prudent fashion, and so you've got to make sure that you can manage these, you know, rising student debt levels, but to do that, you need to have you know, policies in place that are going to help, you know, college graduates get good paying jobs. And, um, you know, that's just all, that's just one part of the equation. But um, it certainly is a concern, you know, as we see here, the market anyway, rising to, you know, to new record highs, you know, to the best of my recollection, you know, Congress hasn't done anything yet to address, you know, long-term entitlement reform. I mean, that's, that's going to be an issue, but, you know, market kind of just sort of is kind of setting that aside, if you will, because it's, it's riding the, the stimulus of, of Fed policy right now to, to higher highs. We don't have a lot of time, and maybe next week we'll go into your article about cognitive, cognitive dissonance, and that was a great piece, but it was a brainy piece. And uh, Anything that you're working on right now that we need to be paying attention to? Well, it's you know it's it's earnings reporting season. Obviously, okay. we touched on it a little bit earlier. So yeah, I'm I'm still watching the the earnings and how they're coming in and and being very uh, respectful, really, of you know what what I'm hearing in terms of revenue. You know where the demand is and uh, and how that's going to you know shake out. So that's likely going to be maybe a centerpiece of, of one of my next columns. Okay. Do you worry at all that? The media is a little bit too GE whiz focused and not GE. And by GE, I'm talking like industrial. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I frankly wasn't all that impressed with GE's report. I mean, the headlines were good, but you know, revenue was down still. Yeah. Um, now they do have a record backlog, which obviously is is nice to see and 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 gives them some, you know, um, pent up earnings power, uh, but. But nonetheless, I mean, <clears throat> I think that the there's there's a propensity here to kind of keep this, uh, you know, improving growth story really going. You know, um, yeah, we're making a little bit of progress, but you know, we're not anywhere I think to where it's portrayed, you know, by some of the media where uh, you know it's back to potential, you know, growth potential, i.e., three percent plus on GDP in the next three months or so. I mean, I think we got a, a you know long road ahead before we can can do that on a sustained basis and um, you know and you hear that on from UPS and McDonald's you know some of these companies that are out there saying look things are still tough out there um, you know we're not pounding the table on our outlook thanks very much it's Patrick O'Hare chief market analyst briefing.com providing independent live market analysis the US and international equity markets briefing.com so Patrick wrote this crazy 
smart piece on psychology and how that plays into Wall Street. You should try to get a copy of it, to say the least, and or subscribe to briefing.com. It's worth the read. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke in 93. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.